Welcome to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Peter Buck, and today we are joined by returning guest, Dr. Mauricio Bonacini, who will be discussing portal vein thrombosis, or PVT for short. Dr. Bonacini is the CEO of Mission Gastroenterology and Hepatology, and is also an associate clinical professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco. Dr. Bonacini, welcome back to the program. Thank you very much for having me. It is a true delight. Let's dive right in. Which patients are most susceptible to PVT? Well, so there are two types of presentation for PVT. When you look at the prevalence, about half of these patients will have something related to gastroenterology, which is my specialty, and about probably 30% of those will have cirrhosis. The other half will be more patients that have a underlying coagulation disorder, often triggered by neoplasia. We can be solid neoplasia, but could also be bone myelodysplastic type of uh, conditions, which are typically evaluated and treated by hematologists. So my sort of expertise, if I can call it that, would be more in the patient that had either cirrhosis and a minority of them have a intra-abdominal inflammation slash infection. So there are patients with IBD, patients that have a acute diverticular disease that lead to an inflammation slash infection in the abdominal cavity, and that leads to a hypercoagulable state and portal vein thrombosis. And following up on that, how common is PVT overall? Well, that's a great question. I basically would separate the prevalence in patients with cirrhosis and patients in the community. There was an interesting Japan autopsy study mentioning that at autopsy, they found a clot in the portal vein area. The anatomy is fairly complex. The clot can be in the portal vein, can be in the branches of the portal vein, can be extending into the splenic vein, can be extending in the mesentery veins. But overall, a clot in that venous system was found in one in 2000. The issue, though, that there could be some issues post-mortem that lead to clotting. So it's not really clear how common that is. But I would say probably in the community, no higher than one in 10,000 cases. The situation in cirrhosis is completely different. About 5 to 15% of patients with cirrhosis have portal vein thrombosis or will develop portal vein thrombosis, and it seems more common in patients that have had decompensated cirrhosis versus patients that are compensated. So the rule of thumb would be in compensated cirrhosis, 5% may have portal vein thrombus versus 15% in patients with decompensated cirrhosis. And the further follow-up on that is how can we possibly tell whether the patient is having an acute PVT or has had it for a long period of time? So the presentation, which is acute, the typical triad is pain, fever, and ascites. But ascites is only present in 40%. So this is an uncommon situation. And so the symptoms are not always there. But I would expect an acute presentation more in patients, like I was mentioning before, with an acute intra-abdominal event, diverticulitis or surgery, bariatric surgery, for instance, has been associated with portal vein thrombosis. And so the classical trial would be pain, fever, ascites, but it's not always there. And the diagnosis, of course, is usually with imaging study, which gets done in most patients that present with an acute abdominal pain. And are there any ideas that you want to share with us with regard to pitfalls in making the diagnosis? 
Yes, I was reviewing the literature to see what is the sensitivity and specificity of tests. And, and predictably, ultrasound is a good tool, but not a perfect tool. The sensitivity slash specificity is about 90%. The CT angiogram is better, around 95%. The MRI is the standard as a better sensitivity overall near 99% and a specificity also in the neighborhood of 99%. The problem with ultrasound with Doppler is that, particularly in cirrhosis, the clock can be mistaken by slow flow or rather the other way around, slow flow into the liver, which is typical of patients with cirrhosis, can be mistaken for a clot. That's why I think a CT, MRI are better tools. Thank you. For those just tuning in, you're listening to GI Insights on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Peter Buck, and I'm speaking with Dr. Mauricio Bonacini about portal vein thrombosis. Now, Dr. Bonacini, can patients with cirrhosis be anticoagulated? So yes, it turns out that patients with cirrhosis can be anticoagulated. And when we think about cirrhosis, we often think about patients that coagulate poorly. But in reality, there's some mechanisms that overcome for instance, the low platelet levels and increase in the activity of the von Willebrand factor, they lead actually to some patient paradoxically to have hypercoagulation. Basically, the flavor that you get from the literature that even patients with varices, even patients that have bled from varices can typically be anticoagulated and not lead to a much increased chance of bleeding. So the short answer is yes, patients with cirrhosis, even with portal hypertension, can be safely anticoagulated. So what are some anticoagulant therapies you use for patients to manage PVT? If I have a patient in the hospital, I think we would start with low molecular weight heparin, which is typically given for about five days, twice a day. After that, one should start oral anticoagulants. And there I can say that the literature supports the use of the direct oral anticoagulants. So for instance, apixaban, which has been known to be superior to Coumadin in terms of safety and also led to less GI bleeds in the long term. And it's also very easy to give a low dose than five milligrams a day that can be decreased in patients that you may not feel very comfortable, perhaps patients with very large varices. The advantage of apixaban over other DOACs is that it can be given in patients with a low creatinine clearance down to 15 milliliters per minute. Others, you cannot give it below 30 or 50. While coumadin should be the only anticoagulant that is indicated in patients that have a very low creatinine clearance. And indeed, if we think about apixaban for our patients who perhaps have already varices, what's the chance of a patient bleeding from varices? Well, so the literature suggests that they don't have much more bleeding, not statistically significant, over patients that are not anticoagulated. So as long as you pick your patients properly, and I think here I want to mention the ASLD decision tree. If patients have less than 50% of clot, so a small clot burden, the recommendation to observe the patients with, a, say, an ultrasound with Doppler every two or three months. Likewise, patients that have a complete thrombus with actually transformation called cavernous transformation, where you basically don't see a real portal vein, there's some channels that go around into the liver and lead to collaterals. Those patients are too advanced that anticoagulation probably would be a moot point. So that leaves the people in between that have more than 50% of clot, but they're not becoming cavernous or cavernoma. 
that you should treat only if the treatment will lead to a difference in the management that is liver transplant. So basically, if patients have some clot burden more than 50% and they are candidates for liver transplantation, then you could consider anticoagulation. So the guidelines do not say recommend anticoagulation, but they say consider on a case-to-case -case basis. And I like to say that this is not a decision that the single hepatologist or gastroenterologist will do on his or her own. This would be a multidisciplinary decision with the team, with the surgeons, perhaps the radiologist, because the TIPS has been shown also to improve the flow of blood through the portal vein and improve the clot. So I think this has to be decided as a group. So just taking a little bit further, Dr. Bonicini, if we have a patient who has a 50% clot burden or perhaps a little bit more, and we follow them over time, have any studies been done comparing that to using apixaban so we have a clear direction about where to approach this? Well, that's a good question. In the literature, there's some data suggesting that a clot in the portal vein will lead to worse prognosis, but that's not been uniform. Some studies show that the portal vein clot does not really significantly decrease prognosis. I think in the cases of cirrhosis, which is a large minority of cases, maybe up to 50% of the cases, I think you have to decide, does the patient have a chance to get a liver transplant? If the surgeons are not comfortable with the clot burden, then I think they should be anticoagulated. Now, there's another thing that we didn't discuss is that a number of these patients with cirrhosis and a portal vein clot will have a tumor-related portal vein clot, which is basically a completely different ballgame in the sense that those patients usually are precluded from having a liver transplant. So anticoagulation would not be indicated. And the typical finding in this patient with a malignant clot is that they have recanalization, revascularization within the clot, which is typical of a malignant clot. Thank you for that. And what does the success rate look like when we're managing PVT? So that's also an excellent question, and that underscores the difficulty in evaluating the literature. Many of these studies have just been large case series, probably cherry-picked in one way or another, but the flavor you get is what you expect is basically a recanalization rate in about 75% of cases. And in my review of the literature, that's been the same using either a TIPS or using the typical oral anticoagulation that we just discussed. So the patency would be in the realm of 75% or so. This has been an excellent review of PVT. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Mauricio Bonacini, for sharing his insights. Dr. Bonacini, it was a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you very much for having me. For ReachMD, I'm Dr. Peter Buck. To access this and other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.